Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. So welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I have Allie Gilbert. Allie is the founder of the Silverback Summit, which is a live men's health event that brings in dozens of experts to speak on nutrition, hormone optimization, fitness, and cardiovascular health. The Silverback Summit is actually how I was introduced to Allie as several of the doctors like Dr. Grant and Dr. Twyman that I've had as guests on this podcast have spoken at her summits. Allie is also a fitness professional and was named by Golf Digest a top 50 fitness golf trainer. So welcome to the podcast, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. This is cool because I very rarely get interviewed by a woman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I must say when I first clicked on your Instagram profile, it said the queen of men's health. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was sharing my crown with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't give myself that nickname. Somebody else did. And they're like, you have to put it in your Instagram profile. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so no, gimmicky. you're right. It is cool. It is right. It's cool to see women in the men's health space, you know, two alpha females wanting to empower more alpha males. I think it's needed. So I like what you're doing. So I want to ask about uh, the golf because I was actually a college golfer and I still play uh, competitively. And how did you become a top 50 fitness golf trainer? What does that look like? That's super cool that you still play. I don't, but I probably should, but it's great because when you're in men's health, like a lot of guys play golf and that's kind of how I ended up in men's health. So like when I graduated with a degree in strength conditioning, everyone wants to work with athletes, but unless you're at like the elite top pro level, they're broke and it's just not a a great, like no one gets in the fitness industry to make money, but you also have to like pay bills. So we didn't have OnlyFans back then. So like that was, you know, my only choice. And I was like, well, not going to go that route. And I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, which was a very wealthy town with nine golf clubs. And I was like, I keep training golfers at at the gym I was working at. And I knew nothing about it because I played soccer in college. So I was like, let me learn about this. And there was a golf fitness certification from the Titleist Performance Institute. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a thing. So I like literally went all in on that and then started training all golfers, bartered with golf pros all in the Met section, everything. So I learned how to play. And I was like, how is this so frustrating? In soccer, you can hit the ball and kick the ball so easily and this ball does not move and I cannot hit it the same way. So as you know, you could appreciate that. So a lot of these guys could afford to train. They took it very seriously Um, I related a lot better to them than I did a lot of the Greenwich housewives. Like I'm, you know, very tomboyish. I'm into sports and cars and stuff like that. So it just naturally we vibed better. And I was like, well, also these guys are talking a lot about nutrition, a lot about hormones, but they refuse to go to the doctor. They're taking test boosters off the shelf. Why is no one talking about this? So My business coach at the time, Tom Plummer, he was like, Allie, take everything that you talk about and post about and just channel it towards men's health. Don't worry about women's health. Don't worry about female hormones. 
just make men's health like your niche. And I was like, okay. And this was around 2010. So basically, that's what I started posting about and learning about and attending medical conferences and basically just forming relationships with all sorts of physicians and everything to learn everything I possibly could. And here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. So I I haven't told you this story as I've talked about it a few times on the podcast, but my husband, uh, who I would consider is an educated consumer, actually took an over-the-counter testosterone booster and ended up with liver failure, was hospitalized for months. Wow. You know, when you start backtracking where the supplement came from, it came from China. So it was my entry into this space because kind of the same thought process that you had was like, why aren't men going to the doctor talking about this? Why isn't this normalized? Why is there like this stigma taboo? Why why do men feel more comfortable walking into a supplement store to buy an unregulated, you don't know what's in it, you know, and take this supplement, which he only took 45 days, and they do going to actually talk to a physician about it. Well, you know, through the discovery process, I uncovered why that is, which you have too, which is why you started this Silverback Summit, which we're going to talk about. But it was really a lot of it was difficult for primary care doctors to prescribe testosterone in an insurance-based model, to know enough about testosterone, to want to prescribe it. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about testosterone, or at least there was in the past that we still battle them, but not quite as bad as we did 10, 15 years ago. But anyway, so I, I'm right along with you there on, uh, we align on some similarities on our journey of how we got into men's health. That's super interesting. Like, thank you for telling me that because I, I wouldn't have known. On the golf exercises, I'm kind of curious, like, what are like some of your top two or three things that you would do when you were training your golfers? So the approach that I took was very much to help them not be scared of doing compound lifts like deadlifts and squats and stuff like that. A lot of them really wanted to emphasize mobility and stretching and all of that stuff, but they were really fucking weak. And I'm like, you guys can do all of that shit as much as you want. But you have to be strong. You, your body cannot do like cannot increase your range of motion if it senses that there's any weaknesses. So showing them the dark side in golf because they just were so terrified of that stuff. And I always joke how like golfers were the only population next to women who were always like, I don't want to get bulky. And I don't want to get too big. And I'm like, guys, you train like twice a week, you goblet squat 40 pounds, like you're not going to get that big, like calm down. Because they thought Tiger Woods was like this massive jacked, like, and I'm just like, no, he really is not that big. So it, it was getting them to not be afraid to lift heavy, to get stronger, to be able to smash the ball. So my approach was not that different from training any other rotary athlete. We did a ton of deadlifting, a ton of squatting. We might have done more power exercises with a lot of med ball slams, some rotational med ball slams, but it was a lot of single leg work, a lot getting to know body awareness and how to transfer power into the ground and how to actually use their hips, which I think helped them dance. But in Greenwich, we had a lot of white dudes who didn't really know how to dance, but that was kind of my approach to golf fitness. So yes, we added some of the stuff that would give them more rotation in the upper back and stuff like that. But it was not without the platform of strength through the traditional weightlifting that a lot of guys were afraid to do. Did you ever watch that documentary on Netflix called Perfect Swing? Because they showed a lot of their training stuff in there, which I thought was interesting. 
Yes. Yes. And of course, my guys are like, I want to do that. And I'm like, that's fine. We can do that. But it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to do X, Y, Z. And what they do at the tour level is going to be a lot more specific and granular than what we would do in a commercial gym for recreational golf. So yeah, we were always up against like whatever, whomever did on tour and stuff like that. And I have a lot of friends that worked on the PGA Tour and everything, so it was always fun to compare stories. So are you still training a lot of golfers? Not anymore. So I I trained people in person for almost, for about 18 years. And when my husband and I moved to Florida two years ago, I was pretty much remote. Even though we're in the part of Florida that's like golf central, I have golf clients online, but I don't work with anybody in person anymore. Okay. So let's talk about the Silverback summit. Like I mentioned, that's how I found you. I tuned in to a few of your live events. I have a very heavy male listenership and obviously own men's health clinics. So I think that uh, the listener base will be intrigued by by what these events are and uh, be interested in tuning in themselves. So tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So last year was the first year I put on Silverback and it's a two and a half day event dedicated to the delivery of men's health stuff in a very unfiltered, unconventional way. So my personality, I would say people call me crass, inappropriate, but basically I use humor to deflect the awkward conversations that you and I have surrounding erectile dysfunction and stuff that guys don't really talk about. So I wanted that to be reflected in the event where we play games, we have fun, people can, you know, Speakers can wear whatever they want, show their personality. But I wanted to create a community of that for guys because there's so many women's health-oriented events and certifications and courses, and especially in the fitness industry, like it's all women's health, women's health, women's health, nothing really that's directed towards the guys, even though traditional like hypertrophy training and strength training and everything is kind of more male-dominated, there was nothing that was specific to all the other stuff body dysmorphia, ED, like testosterone, TRT, like what is the truth surrounding that and PEDs and how do you manage somebody who tried PEDs and maybe hurt themselves, stuff like that. So it's for really anybody, practitioners, coaches, normal dudes, like whomever to come and not only learn about all this stuff, talk to the actual experts in the field who are doing things differently, such as yourself and your clinics, different from what conventional medicine or, you know, primary care is, but then also meet other guys who are also going through a lot of the same stuff and just kind of be in the room and learn about business, learn about like how just to better themselves overall and level up like their own business or their own coaching or whatever. So I wanted to create that community. So this year we're doing it in Austin, Texas because barbecue and it's the middle of the country. So it's easy to get to November 9th through 11th. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I think thought you had one coming up. So November 9th through the 11th, and you just go online and you buy tickets and you can attend. Yep, silverbacksummit.com. And we've got regular tickets and VIP tickets. And then it'll prompt you to book the hotel. It's at the Omni, which is a beautiful hotel. And I chose that specifically because it has a hotel bar. Not that I'm trying to encourage the consumption of alcohol, but everybody congregates at the bar. And I've been to events where there's no hotel bar and it's awkward. Like you're done with the sessions for the day. And then it's like, people are like, so who's going to dinner? Like, are we allowed to ask? You know, it's, it's weird making friends as an adult as it is. 
So if everyone's in the same place afterwards anyway, like it just makes it easy for socializing. So I was like, that has to be like, you know, a prominent component of this whole event. So it's going to be a blast. So list some of your speakers that are going to be there or maybe some of the topics that you're going to cover. So Dr. Jordan Grant's there. He's going to be part of talking about like prostate cancer, estrogen, PED, stuff like that. I have Rick Collins, who is like the PED steroid attorney of like former competitor, super well-known guy, Eric Serrano, who's my personal doctor. I've got the coaches that work for me. I've got Dr. Adam Hotchkiss from Merrick Health, Stan Efferding from Merrick Health. We've got a blend of all different guys. And instead of having like lectures all day long, so it's like death by PowerPoint, I created a different experience where we'll have some formal talks, but they'll be short. Everything else is going to be more Q&A or panel style discussions because that's way more entertaining and engaging. And then fireside chats and stuff like that. So the audience can also participate, really get to the point and everyone can kind of learn from each other, which I have found really fun for live events because nowadays, like, you know, you can do virtual events, you can get PowerPoints, everyone can consume that, you know, online. But when you go to the event, like you can't get that type of experience online. You cannot ask those questions at that time with this many guys in the same room and be able to get that same experience. So it, it's really different this year. And I'm glad I'm doing it that way because it allows me to bring on more people as well. So it's really exciting. I've got my business coach, Bedros Koulian, who's really big in the men's space as well. And he's going to be talking about like leadership, motivation, Jay Ferrugia, who's also big in the fitness industry. So all our speakers, Dr. Twyman will be there. Everyone's going to be on the website if they're not already. I can't remember. So guys, are you hearing this? If you want to level up and and meet some people and take your health and fitness to the next level, you should check out Allie's uh, Silverback Summit because it really is a great opportunity to network and to get a ton of information in a short amount of time and really hone in specifically and ask the experts directly the questions that you want to know. You know, I try to do the best I can. And I know you have a podcast as well, trying to address all these different topics through these short episodes, but you can really consume a lot of information over a weekend like you're having. So I think it's phenomenal that you're that you're doing that and really cool that it's it's geared towards men and a great networking event. So what are like some of the takeaways that you felt like you've gotten from your summits where it's like where it's like information that you're like, wow, I didn't know that or I didn't realize. I know prior to us getting on, we were talking about AIs and and patients that are guys that we know that are still blocking their estrogen or tell me something like that, that you've you've taken away from your own summit from hearing these doctors talk. It's that like a man may need testosterone replacement, but very rarely is that the only thing that needs to be addressed. And I think TRT has been commercialized in a way where if a guy takes it, then all his dreams will come true and then everything's going to get fixed, where these guys kind of delved into the intricacies of like, these are similar special situations that guys might need like thyroid as well, or there's some sort of unique medical pathology that maybe they have to go about it a certain way. And I compare it to the fitness industry where If I walked into somebody's gym and I saw a trainer coaching somebody and they were doing something that to me seemed really stupid or just didn't make sense, like maybe they're standing on one leg and like, you know, rubbing their stomach and then 
swinging a dumbbell, something that looks just dumb. But I didn't know the context and I didn't know why they're doing it. And maybe this person is in Cirque du Soleil and that's why they have to do something like that. So similar to TRT, like if a guy is on, say, you know, a certain dosage of cream and then he's also taking a couple other things that maybe most of us would say, all right, that's a little bit strange. We just don't know the context behind it. A lot of these physicians would provide the context in the unique situations that may help other physicians to understand, hey, sometimes this happens and you have to kind of go this route. So I found that cool because more fitness professionals need to work to understand that about each other. And I think that medical professionals having that as well is really cool. The other non like educational thing I think that I took away was like the first year I wasn't sure if everyone would hang out with each other because you're putting like all these dudes in a room. Guys are not necessarily like, you know, going to go around like hugging each other, making friends or whatever. These guys were like BFFs by the end of the weekend. And a lot of them are like they have friendships that they formed still to this day. They tease each other. They like and it's so cool. Like I cried at the end of the weekend partly from exhaustion, but also because it was just really cool to see everybody come together, build the relationships that they did. And nobody was like left behind. Like if somebody was sitting alone, somebody would go sit with them. And like these guys would stay up until the wee hours of the morning playing cards, just talking, all the clinicians coming together. No one's competing, like everyone's sharing info and what they do. That is what really moved me. And I was like, you know what? We need more of that because I did not see that at other medical conferences as much, or at least not in this way that didn't seem as formal, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's awesome. So p- for people that are going to tune in and, and watch this uh, on on YouTube or through some of our Instagram shorts, well, I'm, they might be able to tell, but you're jacked. Like if you go to your Instagram page, I mean, you're completely shredded. So I'm intrigued by your own personal regimen I'm assuming that you're on hormones yourself. So tell me a little bit about your your hormones and supplementation. So I, I'm pretty open about being on TRT the last two years. And it's funny because like, it depends what audience I'm talking to. Some people are like, oh my God, she must be on all these extreme amounts and steroids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I'm on injections. If I can remember to inject, I might be on like six to eight milligrams a week. It depends on my ADD and and when I inject. So I, I'm on propionate, which should be more often than not, but I am very lazy with it. So I think that in combination with being in the industry and having lifted weights since I was 15 years old, obviously contributes to that. But also my major body dysmorphia that I'm very open about as well, where the last couple of years, my appearances in public have exploded to make me feel I have to look a certain way. <laughs> publicly all the time. (laughs) So that contributes to it as well, where I'm like, you know what, it's kind of like this chronically dieting, but I take diet breaks and stuff. I have a coach, Luke Lehman, he'll actually be speaking at Silverback as well. He's been with me or I've been with him for six years, because I just do not want to deal with my own program and nutrition. It's better, way better to outsource it. So he brings me in for any event that I want, if I want to look a certain way. And then I don't drink. I don't really, I don't have a social life unless I go to events. Like that's where I see a lot of my friends and stuff. So I don't really do a whole lot that would kind of 
detract me from living a healthy lifestyle, I guess. So it's a big part of me. So you're on the testosterone injections. Are you on anything else? Do you do progesterone or any estradiol or thyroid, anything like that? Yeah, I've been on NP thyroid, I want to say a couple of years. I think Serrano had me on armor or I was on armor. And then I've been on progesterone for about a year, about 100 milligrams. And so that's been a game changer for sleep. And then I do glutathione injections when I remember maybe once or twice a week, mostly more when I travel. I travel a lot, which is also why keeping up with injections just is annoying, but I don't I don't like the cream. And then I have L-carnitine. I don't really use it. I've got growth hormone. I don't really use it. So I have a lot in my fridge, like a lot of people, but yeah, I don't really, I have a lot of peptides. So that's what I was going to ask. Are you doing any peptides, any CJC? Not currently. Okay. Not currently, just because the maintenance with it is just annoying to me. What about semaglutide, trisepatide? Does that does that annoy you? <laughs> no, I actually tried it. I tried each one for, I think it was three or four weeks, maybe six months ago or so. I can't remember, but I wanted to see how it felt. Completely wiped my appetite in a way that I, I couldn't train hard because I couldn't eat enough. So I was like, okay, cool. Like this is how it worked on me. I'm not one of those fitness pros who hates it and like tries to talk people out of it. I understand what it is and it's a tool. And I honestly, like if this is what gets somebody off the couch or gets them motivated to change their life in other ways, I have no problem with it because honestly, we can educate people until the cows come home. We have been on how to eat, how to train. They don't listen. So if there's something else that's going to move the needle, then I'm all for it. You know, as long as they realize, which I think they are, like, obviously, this is not a quick fix, but it could be the impetus for somebody to actually start doing what they need to do. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, we've had a lot of success with semaglutide, but, you know, agree with all those things that you just said, but it's been really demonized in the media. I mean, it's I be every headline that you read, it's bashing semaglutide or the people that are on it or the real housewives taking it. I'm like, everything is so so negative surrounding it. But then you have like a Jay Campbell, which I'm sure you're familiar with him. He's pretty outspoken in the in the men's health hormone space. He's shredded and he's very open about him using it to optimize and to take his fitness to the next level, which I, you know, applaud him for being outspoken about it and talking about that because, you know, I think people, you know, start to get this tunnel vision with with the media headlines that they see and they want to just dump it over here in this category and shame everybody that's taking it. Uh, but I think it's a great tool and it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how it evolves. But one of the things that stood out from a patient that was uh, taking it through us, and this actually happened to be a female of a wife that whose partner com comes to us. So, so she was on it through us. Uh, she, she sent me a message and she was like, I got to tell you, it is the first time maybe in my whole entire life that my relationship with food hasn't been so stressful. Like it was the first time that I could like breathe because I, every single day stress about what I'm putting in my mouth and am I going to gain weight and what's that going to look like where I felt like I could sit down and like have a better relationship with food, knowing that I wasn't going to overindulge and that, you know, I was taking this medication. I thought that was like a powerful statement because if you stop and think about how many women have a very 
uh, difficult relationship with food and how much that wears on them, or even men too. I mean, men have body dysmorphia too. You know, that relationship with food can be very stressful. So to have that kind of burden, you know, taken away is powerful. So. Yeah, no, and I I love the fact that, you know, we're on the same page with that. And I try to calm the fitness pros down, but it gives them content to talk about on TikTok (laughs) and stuff like that. But, but yeah. So, and I think that the media is just nuts in general because they're talking about like Ozempic face and Ozempic ass. And I'm just like, you know, okay, this happens anyway if you lose a lot of weight and you don't lift. Like, yeah. You know, it's nothing like earth shattering. Yeah, I'm like, the media is trying right. to keep us fat. I mean, there's no other way around it. I'm like, they, they want us fat, because then we have to take more medications. And I mean, it, it's, I, it's unbelievable based off like coming off of COVID, where we knew that obesity was a risk factor and put you at an increased risk for dying of this disease, that now we have a medication like semaglutide, these GLP ones that are game changing for weight loss. And somehow, that has turned into a negative as as well. And I'm like, what do they want? They just want America sick, fat, and living off the system. <laughs> that's what that's a conclusion that I've come to with it, because there's there's no other good reasoning behind it. No, it it's just it, it's so weird because it's like uh, the shift now is like fat acceptance and everybody's can be healthy <laughs> at, at certain sizes and stuff like that. But then it's it's okay to like make fun of someone like me when I want to bring my own food somewhere or the way I look and ask if I compete or do CrossFit or all these things, which I don't think are are like slandering or or negative, but it's just more the concept of the commentary. Like if I see somebody who's exceptionally overweight in an airport, I don't ask them, you know, if they I don't know participate in activities that are useful for very obese people. Like that's just rude. So it's so weird how the dynamic has shifted to like, you can say things when it comes to that, but then on the other side, like, you know, it's totally okay. It's just bizarre to me because somebody like, if someone says to me like, you know, oh, you're not going to have a drink or you're not drinking or, you know, you can eat just a little bit. I would never say to somebody, you don't have to eat all that. You don't have to drink all that. Double standards. Yeah. So uh, what's your fitness routine? We talked a little bit about your, you know, what you take for optimization. What's a workout look like for you? So right now I just started yesterday more of like a conjugate style weightlifting program where I'm doing sets, deadlift. So I just work my way up to like three reps, heavy sets of one to three. And then today is heavy bench, heavy pull-ups which I love, I may do, and I literally just proposed this to my coach yesterday, a powerlifting meet in like six months or so after Silverback, because I'll need something else to focus on. So we just came off a pretty brutal cut for a couple of things that I was doing. So I was doing a lot of cardio and a lot of more metabolic work. So now we're shifting back into the strength work. So I'm still in a deficit, but I took about four days off, ate really high carb, rested, Now we're back into it. So it's four days of lifting, three days of rest. I think I might have a couple cardio days in there too. I'd have to look, but that's pretty much what I enjoy. I don't really lift more than four to five days a week. And I enjoy, I actually enjoy running just because from soccer, it's just something I've always enjoyed. Or I'll ride the assault bike or do something early in the morning because it helps 
set my focus, set the tone, and then pretty much go to the gym like mid to early afternoon after I finish all my morning calls, meetings, and stuff like that. So, and then I, I love spending two, three hours in the gym. I just love it. I go to a meathead gym in Florida. Everybody's very similar. The culture's <laughs> awesome. So it's a lot of fun. Training the average person or when somebody seeks you out to help them with training, like what are the most common mistakes you see people making that they think they're doing the right thing? They're really trying, but what they're doing is not correct. Oh, that's easy. So pretty much uh, not eating enough protein and doing too much high intensity circuit style, huffy, puffy, like sweaty work. A lot of people, and and I'm just going to talk about men, but a lot of guys come from like a CrossFit background or Orange Theory or all this stuff, they never really learned how to do traditional weightlifting. And by traditional weightlifting, it's like what I just talked about, multiple sets of a lift, like a deadlift, but you take three minutes in between sets instead of 30 seconds. Really learning how to go to failure. Um, Not a lot of people understand that. And so they can leave a lot on the table if they're not really executing their lifting to the intensity that they should. Like they can dial in nutrition, their hormones can be optimized. But if you're not really pushing yourself in the gym, that's where your results are gonna be left on the table. And people don't train as hard as they think they do, or they do too much of what they think is a lot of good things, and then they don't eat enough to be able to support that. So I would say getting the reps lower, getting the weight heavier taking longer rests and doing more traditional hypertrophy and strength programs, combine that with lower intensity aerobic work because your muscles are not going to fall off. And then you have pretty much a win and your body's going to be a lot more responsive than trying to do all this higher intensity stuff, which requires more recovery and more food, but not a lot of guys want to eat enough to support that. That's at least like the population that we deal with. We have a lot of guys who are maybe like, 20, 25% body fat and leaner, and they already have visible abs maybe, or they used to, and then they're trying to get even shreddier, and then they just went about it the wrong way. So that's kind of what we deal with where they've been through all these coaches and we're the last ones that they come about, or they're a fitness professional or they're a high performer, and they just don't want to deal with their own programming because they get in their head and they make decisions based off emotion or how they feel that day and stuff like that. So how are you advising guys get their protein in? So when we take an appraisal of their food log, it's seeing what they're actually eating. A lot of them struggle with that because they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was not eating so much protein and they're eating a lot of carbs and fat. So increasing the portion size at each meal, they can use shakes if they need to. Which is weird, like a lot of people think shakes are bad. And I think that came from like the slim fast world, like in what, 1995 or whatever, when that started, like shake only diet. Yeah, we don't need to do that. But most people, if you're upwards of 200 grams of protein, which I am alone as well, you're going to probably have to supplement with a shake and that's totally fine. So adding that in, if they're traveling and stuff like that, then we give them hacks like... A big one that we use is Instacart or having a meal prep service, deliver food to the hotel, using deli turkey, getting a rotisserie chicken at a grocery store. All those things are very easy protein. Core power protein shakes, like everyone lives on those. You can get them at a gas station. You can get a lot of different protein options at gas stations nowadays. 
What brand protein do you use for your shakes? So I use, uh, I love Muscle Sport because they have really delicious flavors, all artificial, but I don't really care. So I love that. And I'll mix that actually with a vegan protein and I have various different ones because the vegan protein makes it really thick. So I eat it like uh, like the texture and stuff like that. But Thorn makes really good whey protein. Muscle Feast makes really good whey protein. Muscle Feast actually has no gums in it and no artificial sweetener. So if somebody wants a stevia sweetened, no gum, no GI irritant protein, Muscle Feast is a really good one as well. Uh, monetary or no like affiliation. There's so many different brands out there. So I would say if someone's looking for a good protein, like a, a whey protein isolate without a ton of additives in it is probably going to be your best bet. Well, how do you feel about those packets now that you mix with your water, like Element, like the sodium-based ones that they're like, you know, on the add salt to your drink or put Himalayan salt in your drink if you don't want to buy the packets? How do you feel about that? I actually really love Element. They're Silverback sponsors, so I, I have to love them. But also, I discovered them when we moved to Florida. It was really funny because we were doing our life insurance exam. And the woman taking my blood pressure, she's like, your blood pressure is 80 over 60. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder I feel like shit. And I was like, why is it? Like, what have I done wrong? And then I was like, oh, my God, the climate change. Like, holy. And I took an element and I instantly felt better. And I was like, wow, what a dumbass I was to not even recognize that. So I realized like Connecticut and Florida, very different climates. So the summer in Florida, it is like a necessary for me to have at least one or two of those. They're also great for the plane. So if you're flying and you become dehydrated, I would say some people can get themselves in trouble if they're eating or drinking too many of them. And then all of a sudden they feel like they're retaining water or they're looking really flat and stuff like that. But I think they're game changers, especially if you don't salt your food ever because you eat so clean that that could actually help contribute to making sure you get what you need in it. I just got started on them and I love them. I think they're like super tasty. I was like, wow, I, well, I've been missing out here because I'm just somebody that doesn't typically salt their food. And I'm like, I love them. And so I've had an issue my whole life with this low blood pressure. And I don't think I'm going to have that <laughs> situation anymore. I drink an element uh, yeah. or two a day. So really <laughs> What's enjoy What's your favorite it. flavor? <laughs> Probably just the citrus flavor. I haven't tried all of them yet. I've just tried like citrus, watermelon, raspberry, and I can't, th I think lime's in there too, but they're, they're really good. And I just, I keep thinking like, if I mix tequila with this, I think I might really like this as a tequila drink as well. People, I haven't done that yet, do but. Do that. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it. Um, not during work, though. So, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Uh, for the listeners, I'm going to attach all the silverback information, all of Allie's social media. You can find everything there, but what you're doing is great. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. I had a blast. It was fun. 